Thank you very much, Naomi, for ministering in music. Discussing, I can't live the Christian life, freedom in Christ, whatever other title you want to put on, put on it in the sense of I can't live the Christian life, you know, God can, and so on. Anyone want notes that does not have them? If you do, wave your hand. Maybe Jer would make sure, I guess, no one does. So we begin going to read a poem that Jane Killian wrote after what I shared two weeks ago. God says you can. I say I can't, but God says I can. I'm your shepherd, just follow my plan. Give up your pride, fear, bitterness too. Surrender your life, let me lead you. Accept that you live in a broken world each day. Let me work in my time and my way. At times you'll be hurt, feel like you failed too. Just follow me, I'll be there for you. So don't say you can't when God says you can. To be totally free, just follow his plan. Again, that was by Jane Killian. Thank you, Jane. As we think about freedom in Christ, do you agree or disagree with the statement, freedom is the willingness with joy to boast in our weaknesses? Freedom is the willingness with joy to boast in our weaknesses. Any response? I see a head going this way, but I can't hear it, but I can see it. Sort of what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12. And we boast in his weaknesses, infirmities, and so on, because when he was weak, he was strong. We struggle with that, though, don't we? When was the last time you got together with a group of believers and said, we're just going to boast about our weaknesses? And there was deafening silence. <laughs> freedom. Freedom. I think that involves to boast in our weaknesses. So we think about freedom. A couple of weeks ago, we defined it, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on the definition because we did before. Living joyfully and contentedly, 24-7 in a broken, fallen world, with God's blessing from desire, within the design, the pattern, the structure, which God, Christ, the Holy Spirit designed for you or us as a child of God through the life we have in Christ and dependency upon the Holy Spirit. We can't in and of ourselves live the Christian life, but Christ is our life, so we can. And following along with uh, the idea of freedom, when is a car free? Having grown up on a farm, Dad never took the car out on the field and hooked the disc or higher to it. 
because the car was not designed for that. It was not free doing that. It's free going down the road. When's a fish free? In the water. In the water. A believer is free living in Christ. We're on page two of the notes, letter D. A believer is free in Christ when he or she is consistent in corporate worship from desire. Won't spend a lot of time here. We discussed you know, that somewhat this morning from Hebrews chapter 10. After speaking about Christ and the greatness of Christ, the writer says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Freedom is wanting, desiring together with other believers for worship. And in that, or with that thought in mind, I would encourage you to plan your life around corporate worship. It's been my observation in some 40 years of ministry that when a believer is physically able, and I'm talking physically able, and sometimes you can't be physically, physically able, but overall as a pattern of life, those that worship with others regularly grow and develop in a different way than those that do not. Why? Because God designed us to need other believers and to worship with other believers. Neglect of cor corporate worship for leisure and whatever else you want to put in there implies slavery because we're a slave to something other than to Christ and the body of Christ. View corporate worship as marriage and family activity. As I say, well, the family's got to do something together. Well, how about worshiping together? It's a family activity, a marriage activity that is very critical. And a food for thought, I have pondered this every time I read through the Bible, and I'm in no way implying that Sunday is the Sabbath today, but Israel spent 70 years in captivity for neglecting the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was basically to be a day set aside for worship in the Old Testament. You say, how does that spring over to the New Testament? I'm not going to try to answer that tonight. But it really challenges me when I think about that. A believer is free when he or she gives up concern for what he or she does. For he focuses on one's being, character, desires, and attitude. That is, his heart. We can be concerned. We've got to do right. We've got to do right. We've got to do right. And in the process, we neglect the heart, the desires, the motives, and so on. Proverbs 4 and verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Above all else, guard your heart. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, 
after 11 chapters of what the believer has in Christ. He deals with sin, he deals with salvation, he deals with position in Christ. He says in verse 1 of Romans 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And that seems to be a one-time thing. We say, God, I crawl up in your order. I'm giving myself to you. Then in verse 2 he says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we change? We can say, I got to change this pattern, I got to change this habit. And Paul says, Be concerned about the inside. Deal with the motives, the thoughts, the desires, the attitudes of your heart, the thinking. And the outside begins to fall into place. A couple of thoughts in relation to that. Don't be afraid to lay aside computer games for Bible study or to call someone in need. Adjust your thinking in going to worship. Well, I don't know if I'll get anything out of church today. Well, stop and change your attitude and adjust it. This isn't about me. This is about Christ. This is about the body. This is about other believers. How can I spur them on? How can I encourage them? You know, and so on. Don't be afraid to turn off a movie, a radio, TV, to meditate, to think on Christ, on God. Do you ever make the same resolution over and over again? Oh, I need to change this, I need to change this, and you try, and then after a while you say, well, I need to change it, and I need to change it. Why do we keep making resolutions, the same one for the same item? Probably because we're tempted to focus on the action and not the heart. Something I began to do years ago as God was working in my life in terms of freedom. When I was convicted of sin... I addressed the action casually. What is the thinking involving this sin? What's the sin in my thinking? What's the sin in the attitude? What's the sin in desire? And as I began to confess the inner sin, the outer fell into place. And that resulted in what I call greater freedom. I probably won't let you get your hands on it, but if you were to look at my prayer journal the other morning, I thought, wow, my section on confession is pretty thick. But the confession section is not about actions. 
It's about the inner attitudes of the heart, the desires, the motives, and how I think. So when the writer of Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, our actions spring from our heart. So often we go out to weed the garden and we pull the tops of the weeds off. We look at it and say, ah, it looks good. But the roots are still there. And what happens when you pull the top of a weed off? Those things will grow back, grow back again and again. I know. Because <clears throat> when we weeded the garden when we were kids, we thought it looked good. Mom would say, hey, kids, you didn't pull the weeds. You pulled the tops off. Free people don't address merely action or words, but the inner person. A believer in Christ is free. Again, some explanations when he or she lets go of living for the here and now, for the pursuit of the eternal. We live in the here and now. We have to respond to the here and now. We respond to circumstances in the here and now. We respond to people. We respond to jobs in the here and now. But seeing beyond the here and now to the eternal. In Hebrews chapter 11, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who show, or say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be a, called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Recently, I was talking to someone that is in fairly deep physical trials and unless God intervenes in some way, probably will not be here a year from now. And as we were talking, I tried to go to the heart of the issue. How are you really doing? How's your thinking? How's the attitude? How's the outlook? Are you angry? Are you bitter at God? And so on. We talked a little while and some frustrations were shared and difficulties were shared. And we talked some more and I said, remember, you're looking for something better than a physical body fixed here. You're looking for eternity and a resurrected body in the future. Makes a much big difference or makes a big difference in how we live and respond in the present. Whether it be something physical or other trials. If you read on in Hebrews 11, we find, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and ministered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions quenched the fury of flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. You ever think about David? 
David is called a man after God's own heart. But we probably would not let him pastor a church today. He was a murderer. Stole another man's wife. Had multiple wives. Was a bum of a father. But that same David, when confronted by Nathan the prophet, confessed sin. He suffered the consequences. The nation knew it. And he didn't hide. That's looking beyond the present. God, I got to deal with this because I'm looking beyond the present. You wouldn't have Psalm 3, Psalm 12, Psalm 13, Psalm 32, Psalm 51 if David was not looking beyond the present. He looked at the eternal. So down through the pages of history, people read about David's sin. How would you like that for your legacy? David was looking beyond the here and now to an eternal. So a couple of questions. Will this computer game really make a difference in eternity? I'm not answering that for you. You don't need to answer it for me. Do I have, any, do I have to have these new clothes? Do I really need them? No, I'm going to make a difference in eternity. I'm not saying you do or don't, but do I really need them? Will this persecution, or this promotion rather, affect my time, energy, for family in the local church? You're thinking beyond the present. I get this promotion. How will it affect me, my family, and so on? Again, living in the present in light of eternity. Not knocking the questions that I ask, but think about it. Also, just use your home for hospitality, for eternity. How to use your house for eternity? How to use your home for eternity? That's living the present, but for an eternal value. Letter G, a believer in Christ is free when he or she rejects pursuit of fun, pleasure, and entertainment for a mind, heart, and attitude renewal. And I'm not saying that fun and pleasure and entertainment are all sin. It's not my point. But stop and think about how much time we devote to them. 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boastings of what one has and does, come not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Do not love the world or anything in the world. What is the world? The cravings of the sinful man, the lust of the eyes, and the boastings of what one has and does.
This is a dare. If you're into TV, I dare you to turn it off for a week and see what happens to you. Ruthann calls me a news junkie. She says, Dan, how do you know what time it is? Whenever it's five of, you turn WRGN on wherever you are in the car and you listen to the news. I said, I don't know. You know I glance at the clock on the radio every now and then and I just turn it on. So in light of her statement and the Lord doing some work in my life, last December, I decided to go on a news fast. Not going to listen to any news for at least a month. Driving along, oh, it's 2.55. Can't. I'm on a news fast. Come down to church in the morning sometimes. I get here about 7 o'clock, and there were times I even think, oh, I've got to get so I hear the news on the way down. So I might listen to the news, I might not. But it showed me some things about my heart. Nothing wrong with the news. But I found news can take my mind away from God. Boy, this world's really messed up. Why is President... Just don't need to respond to all that. I don't need to know everything in the world. I don't need to know what's going on. The world gets along quite fine without me knowing. It has for many years and it will in the future. I'm not knocking news. I'm just saying, you know, stop and think about it. Since the world's fun, pleasure, entertainment is generally going the opposite direction of holiness, I will walk from it and limit it. Much of the world's fun, pleasure, and entertainment has an underlying belief, an underlying desire, an underlying thought process that pulls you away from God. I don't say this in a bragging way, but years ago, not too many years ago, I was at camp with a group of teens. I said, I can go around this group and tell you about how much time you watch TV. They laughed at me and said, no, you can't. And they pushed me far enough. I went around the group, and I was right. And they said, how do you figure that out? By your response to God's word. It impacts us. Not saying fun and entertainment and pleasure, it just has an impact. Give up your demand to always have noise in your life, whether it be radio, TV, phone. I'm giving some dares out tonight. (laughs) How about in your family, for two weeks, you say after five o'clock, there's no phones, there's no radio, there's no TV. You'll find after the first week that things begin to change in your house. You begin to talk a little more. You begin to think and reason and so on. I'm not opposed to phones and radios and TV. That's not my point. But part of freedom is 
not to be controlled by those things. Take them or leave them. Silence and stillness is vital to inner renewal. And I understand if you have kids that are young, you probably never get much silence. But I'm talking by choice. Silence is really profitable. Just be still. We hop into the car, what do we do? Got to have some noise. We get home, we got to have some noise. Whatever it is. And I'm not knocking radio or TV or whatever. But just sometimes I think we need silence. Just say, God, speak to me. Freedom. Time in God's creation is very beneficial. Just enjoying God's creation. So when the spring rolls around, there's a nice clear night, go out in the yard, lay on your back and just stare at the sky. Just stare at the sky. Sit out in your porch sometime and just look at the trees and the sky, if it's cloudy or rainy. Go for a hike. Just enjoy God's creation. Again, I think that moves us to not being consumed by the world. Letter H. A believer is free in Christ when he or she lays aside the up and down schedule for a balanced life. This would spring from the book of Ephesians. And not going to try to discuss the entire book of Ephesians, but basically Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3 deal with a relationship with God. With Christ, all that we have in Christ. Then he talks about the relationship with the body of Christ. Then he talks about marriage. Then he talks about parent-children. Then he talks about job. Then he talks about resisting the enemy, Satan. You say, which one's most important? Yes. They're all equally important. God wants them all built into our life. But there seems to be a circle, some circles. You begin in the inside, taking care of our relationship with God. We need the body. We take care of marriage if we're a person's married. We take care of family, you know, and job. It's not one is more important than the other, but one depends upon another. And when I say the ups and downs of schedule, if you go back to the days when tires had tubes in them, you know, and the tire... You know, it got a little weak, and the tube started to push through, and you get down the road, clumpity-clump, clumpity-clump. You know, sometimes our life gets out of cycle, and there are cycles in life, you know. You have kids, it's one thing. You're caring for elderly parents, you know, it's another thing. But a steady life of, Lord, I want to relate to you. Christ is my life. I'm going to take care of my marriage, my children. I have a job to respond to. Help me to keep 
focus. Bad example from my own life. When I say bad example, I would say not a bad example, a sinful example. Ruth and I get married. I worked. I was going to school full time. And because of some other factors, we were counseled to be prepared for God's work, so I also was pastoring a church. I had an up and down life. Roll out of bed at 2.30 in the morning to deliver my newspapers. Get home from newspapers in time to clean up and go to school. Get home and from school to say hi to Ruth Ann in passing and later on Danny in passing to try to get a little homework done so I could get to bed so I could follow the same routine. I wasn't free. My life was really out of whack. <clears throat> Finally quit pastoring, that helped some. It was out of whack. Christ was not the focal point. He was not controlling the other things, even though I'm, quote-unquote, preparing for ministry. I neglected Ruth Ann. I wasn't free. I wasn't following the pattern of Ephesians. All of Ephesians is important. Or Colossians or some other books that you know, would talk about it. So my encouragement is just to develop a schedule. God, body of Christ, family job. How do I fit all these together? And sometimes one will take more time than another. And when you're retired, then you don't have to worry about the job. Just retire well, you know, taking good care of retirement. I guess that's your job, you know. But, you know, how do I fit them all in? And if I need counsel, get counsel. Keep the basics in order. Christ. The body of Christ. Marriage. Children. Job, you know. Just keep them in balance, whatever that looks like. Feel free to say no to the expectations of others. You say, I might get in trouble if I say no. Well, maybe get in trouble. I said the expectations of others. You know, a lot of people have expectations for us. (laughs) What does Christ say? You're free, depend upon him. And maybe you need to say no to something because it's going to really get you out of whack. And you become a slave to the expectations of others. Final thought on freedom. A believer in Christ is free when he or she freely chooses to meditate on position in Christ. 
he or she chooses to meditate on position in Christ. In Colossians chapter 3, and verse 1, Paul says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Think much on what you have in Christ. Some habits that I have developed over the years. Within an hour of getting up, I have gone through what I have in Christ. I've told God I can't live this Christian life. I can't. I've got to respond to this today. I can't do that. I've got to respond to this today. I can't do that. I can't. God says, in Christ, you can. I've redeemed you. I've forgiven you. I've reconciled you to myself. I've declared you righteous or justified you. The life you now have in Christ is more than enough. The power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. I can't. But meditate on in Christ, I can. I respond. Meditate much. Think about it much. And you don't have to have quiet to do that. <laughs> you can be in the hustle and bustle and think about that. You can be on the job and think about, you know, the power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in me. The riches of God's inheritance is me along with other believers. I can't be separated from God's love. Hebrews says, I've been perfected forever in Christ. Wow. I was thinking about that this afternoon, battling with some things in my mind, and I thought, you know, Hebrews says I've been perfected forever. It just kind of blows you away. Thinking in Christ. That way you don't become sin-centered and end up dwelling on all kinds of sin. No, you become free. How do you think David ever publicly acknowledged his sin? He must have known something about God. <coughs> Maybe turn off the noise sometimes if you want to think. And relate in Christ to 24-7 living. Give you an example. Yesterday I had the memorial service for Kevin Fox. Kevin Fox lived some 28 years. I think he was five or six when he developed uh, muscular uh, dystrophy. And, you know, the later years of his life, just basically... Anything he did was done with a computer and using his tongue. I can't relate to that. I've never been through that. I can't relate to his parents caring for him, along with his two brothers. 
their, most of their entire life. That was particularly their mother's life. What do you say? How do you lead a service for children all basically healthy as we raise them? God, I don't know how to handle this. I really can't conduct a service and be empathetic and compassionate. I just don't have it in me. In fact, I would sooner not. Just because it's so foreign to me. God, I admit I can't. I've been asked, and I will do it joyfully and willingly. Christ is my life. The power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in me. He can produce in me a compassionate, empathetic spirit as I share. He can enable me to sit down with the parents and just talk and listen as to what their life was like. So yesterday morning, as I was going over what I was going to share using the book of Job, some from the book of Job, I said, God, you know, I still, I know what I want to say, but I don't want to just say it. I don't want to fulfill a duty. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to be leading a memorial service. I want your spirit to work in and through me. And I guess eternity will tell me, you know, how things went. That's meditating on in Christ. So when someone comes to you after they have hurt you deeply, and they say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Christ forgave me. I've been perfected forever. The power of sin has been broken. Yes, I'll forgive you. Let me give you a hug. That's living in light of who we are in Christ. We meditate on that so that comes to our minds in the difficulty of life. mind consumed with God's word. Wrap it up here in a second. How can, how can you be free with adult children who are unresponsive to the Lord? Can you? We would say, sure, but how? All that over. See, if our joy and our contentment is found in how our children respond, then we're not free. (coughs) 
We want them to respond right, correctly, godly. But in Christ, we can lovingly depend on Him to produce His fruit in us. How can you be free in living in Luzerne County? <laughs> and the reason I use that is because of corruption. You know, we hear about it in Luzerne County. And I realize counties are different. And I, you can't compare Luzerne County with Snyder County where I grew up. But Snyder County had a jail, I think, with two cells in it. <laughs> and most of the time it's empty. <laughs> Luzerne County, how many... And I realize there's a city. And I'm not knocking Luzerne County. But when you think about it, our nation, you hear about corruption in our nation. Can we be free living with corruption in our government, in our county? I think so. I'm in Christ. I'm tempted to be angry. I'm tempted to hear all this news. Well, maybe don't listen to the news. Then you don't have to worry about renewing the mind. But think about, I'm in Christ. God is sovereign over the affairs of man. You know, the power of sin has been broken and so on. Another one I won't respond to, but think about how can you be free when your mate doesn't change? They're just the same old person year after year. They never change. Just one comment. Remember, you have not been called to change your mate. You've been called to follow Fulfill God's role for you in responding to your mate. That's freedom. Questions or comments as we pray together? <clears throat> Again, we'll pick up on a, or go on with a little different slant on I can't live the Christian life, freedom in Christ, and so on next week. Let's pray. Thanks, Father, for your grace, your goodness, your unchangeableness. And may we grow in understanding freedom. Just the fact that we can't in and of ourselves live the Christian life, but God says we can through Christ and our resources are in Him. Help us to grasp some of what we discussed tonight and then live it out for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.